everyone and Alex and welcome to the 98th episode of the universe's favorite podcast culture bucket podcast where two best friends talk all things popular culture uh movies music books games etc whatever takes our fancy this week is a culture catch-up week we are talking about recent things we've watched read learned discussed etc and uh having a wonderful time while we do it i'm your host george and with me is your co-host, Alex, who you heard saying hello a moment ago. But now I'm going to say hello, Alex, and she's going to say hello again. Hello, George. Hi, Alex. Hi. Hi everyone. How are, you? How are you? Wonderful, because I can see your beautiful fish. Oh, thank yes. you. That's great. <laughs> Same. Same Z's. Same Z's. Same Z's. No, your hair is different, your beard is shorter, your skin is glowing. Well, no, I mean... I meant that it was. I felt feel ah, the same way. Ah, okay, because okay, of okay. At you. Ah, you feel the same. Oh, wonderful. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I feel like oh. you only like you. You're annoyed by me. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> people, no. I said something very sincere to someone the other day, and they got really annoyed at me for being sarcastic. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> it was to do with their. Um, they. It was. It was. A, it was a complex thing, but they. They. They thought they said something about their religious beliefs, and I said. I would never disrespect your religious beliefs. And they thought I was being sarcastic and that I meant to. And I wasn't. I was being very sincere that I would never disrespect somebody for their religious beliefs. Um, and it, it led to a little discussion where I had to make it abundantly clear that I was not being sarcastic about their it's, faith. It's weird when you're trying to actually be nice and people just go like, no, <laughs> no, you're not being nice. It's like, I am, believe me. I mean, but they, they, them and their friend just get saying, you've got to very, you just sound, you sound sarcastic all the time. It sounds like it's... Sorry, it's fine. I don't know. I just, I know, I come from experience that I have annoyed you in the past. Okay. <laughs> We've all annoyed each other, though. It's, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, And sometimes I like, I know when I'm annoying you because it's been a yeah. long time. Since... We've known each other. Yeah. Coming around again. What did Elton John say? Hello. No, that's uh, Lionel Richie. No, that's Lionel Richie. <laughs> I know it's going to be a long, long time before. Oh, it doesn't matter. Right. It does um, matter. It's a long, long, long time. Is that one? Rocket Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Since, since Saturn comes around again. I know it's going to be a long, long time before picking up on my line. I know it's going to be a long, long time. I know it's going to be a long, long time. Uh, uh, Till Touchdown brings uh, me around again to find. We should do a duet. Come on. And I'm I think it's going to be a long, come on, long time. No. Come on. No, Till okay. Touchdown no. brings me around again to find. Come on. I'm not the no, man they think I'm at. Come on. You're going to remember what it's like when you annoy Oh, me. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. Burning out his fuse up by a hair alone. 
Please could you rate and review us on all uh, applicable spaces such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you can rate and review podcasts. We would big time appreciate any ratings and reviews that we get through and happily read some out. Equally, you can go to our link tree in the show notes for this podcast and find a variety of social media channels you can go and communicate with us on, as well as a link to our Buy Me a Coffee page. Um, and this week we uh, we have had a we have been brought a coffee um, by a very, very amazing listener called Elisa who brought us two coffees and wrote, love you guys, you make my trips to Swansea a pleasure. And that is such a lovely and delightful message to receive. Thank you so much, Eliza. We love you as Thank well. Thank you, Eliza. Um, yeah. So if you can and you'd like to support us and you enjoy listening to our work, feel free to go and buy us a coffee. If you can't, it's fine. We You can continue listening, as always, to our free podcast. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is a culture catch up episode. We're talking culture and catching up. This is culture catch up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. And I am starting today. Yes, please, G. So. You. So I'm going to talk about a uh, TV series I've watched and then a few movies Ooh. that I've watched. I've seen a lot of movies since we last I know. recorded. I've yeah. seen so nothing. I'm gonna, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna filter out the ones that there's not much to say about, and then I'll talk to you about the ones that maybe there is something okay. to say about. Maybe we'll find what it is to say about. Okay. Them. We'll see. Um, starting with a TV series I've been watching. Uh, I've watched it's it's a I think it's a ten episode season yeah ten episode season, I've watched nine of the ten episodes so I can't fully endorse it yet because the the tenth episode might be awful it might be I don't know, offensive in some way I don't think so though but I've watched nine episodes it is on Apple TV, and it is called Shrinking Shrinking oh Shrinking yes I have seen the adverts. Advertisements. Yeah. It is a show. It is a show. Created by Bill Lawrence, mm-hmm. who people may remember from being the creator of Scrubs back in the oh. day. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's him working alongside Jason Siegel, who's not a real Siegel. He's an American man. And... Brett Goldstein, who people will know as um, the guy in Ted Lasso that people thought was a CGI man, but he's not. Okay. He's a real man. Um, so they've created it. It stars Jason Siegel and improbably Harrison Ford. Uh, I think it's like, along with some cowboy thing he's doing, it's the first TV show he's ever done. And he's like 80, mm. so well done, Harrison, for expanding yeah, yourself. Yeah, so it stars those two along with a variety of other actors. Um, Jason Siegel, and this sort of put me off it originally when I before I watched it, because it seems like a very sort of like oh, kind of this again kind of thing. Jason Siegel plays a man who is recovering from the untimely death of his wife. Um okay. and there is a bit of a thing of like men whose character motivation is the the dead woman behind them, is a bit of a, has become a bit of a, I don't know if it's a cliche or, um, 
I don't know if it's it doesn't count as fridging. Have you ever heard of fridging? No. Fridging is like a it started off in comic books and it was like when a female character would exist purely to be killed and put in a fridge and then discovered by the hero and be motivation for the hero, the heroic man to go on to. <laughs> Do you okay. see what I mean? Like it's quite it's yeah, quite a common yeah. trope. Mm. Um and this felt a little bit like that from watching the trailers and things. So I was a bit like, ugh. But I like Jason Siegel. Do you like Jason Siegel? I love Jason Siegel. Right? I don't see him enough. He's got like this he's like a big great Dane, a big, slightly yeah. sad great Dane of a man. He's he's on the same kind of le- like in the same kind of thing as Paul Rudd, you know. Well if I watch something I, I love you, man. Yeah, exactly. Like there, that was that's the perfect film. It is the perfect film because he's got he's got the two. <laughs> he's got both the perfect, perfect men you know, it. the Great Dane and what would Paul Rudd be if uh, Jason Segel is a Great a Dane? Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> no, I would say more like a. a <laughs> that's a terrible thing. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I think Paul Rudd would be like that's really like cute rot. Rut? Runt. Rut? Runt. Yeah, like a Beverly like, Hills like, Chihuahua. No, but no, but not a runt. What's it called? Like those kind of um Pug. Those dogs that you save from the pound. A mongrel. Yes. A beautiful, like, you know, but those cool ones. A cool mongrel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if Paul Are they called mongrels? It. Well a mongrel I don't know if it's like, an offensive kind of an offensive term for dog. It's um Why? of course you can. It's a uh, you can't they don't they don't understand. It's a um <laughs> uh, it's a mix of breed. It's got a mix. It's not a pure breed dog. It's, it's got not a, mix. a pure breed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a mongrel. Yeah, I think like like a long hair, not pure breed dog. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay. Anyway, move on. Moving on. <laughs> and Harrison Ford. I mean, you know, we all love Harrison it's, Ford. It's, right? He's like he's like the best. He's the pure breed of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And then you've got Jessica Williams, who Jessica Williams is is in, what's she in? She was on The Daily Show for years, apparently. Um, she hosts a podcast called Two Dope Queens, which is probably much better than our podcast, I imagine. Um, <laughs> and she was one of the main characters in the Fantastic Beasts films, the Harry okay. Potter movies, where no one is very good in those films. So it's been nice to see her in this. Um, mm. So those three, Jason Siegel as Jimmy, Jessica Williams as Gabby, and Harrison Ford as Paul, they run a therapist's office together Paul's kind of the owner because he's the oldest one but they all work together in this office and their counsellors or ther- you know shrinks basically that's what's got shrinking yeah Jason Siegel is struggling as is because his wife died and he's very sad about it he's raising a daughter who he's grown very far apart from because he's not handled the death of his wife well and his daughter has you know basically given up on him you know the the, the opening scene of the show is him with two sex workers in a pool and a load of drugs oh. and he's just you know he's hit rock button basically um he decides one day he's sat there listening to one of his clients complaining about their life and he just breaks and he tells them exactly what he thinks they should do, which is to leave their abusive husband. And of course, usually as a shrink, you don't tell your patients exactly what no. to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah. he it works, or at least he thinks it works. So he starts to take a greater, more active role in the lives of his patients, which is an ethically problematic thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Leads to one of his patients who's a... Uh, an army vet who is struggling with his anger management issues to, uh, to ends up having to move into his house with him in an early episode and then okay. sort of becomes a main character. Uh, this guy called Sean, played by Luke Tenney, um, who starts to become good friends with uh, Alice, his daughter, who's played by Lakita Maxwell. I've not seen those two in anything before, but they're both really good in this. 
And the other main character to mention, well, there's Michael Yori plays Brian, who is Jimmy's best friend, who's a lawyer, who sort of is in it quite a bit. And then uh, there's a character called Liz, who is Jimmy's next door neighbour, who has taken on the role of raising Jimmy's daughter, essentially due to Jimmy's sort of uh, inability to to cope. And she's played by Kristen Miller, who is the wife of Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs. And she was, did you ever watch Scrubs? Yeah. So she played the woman in Scrubs. I can't remember her name, but she was like one of the governors of the of the hospital, and she was the ex wife of Doctor Cox in that. What's ah, her character's yes, name? I loved her. Yeah. In Scrubs. Well, yeah, and she's yes. very good in this. Jordan, she played Jordan in Scrubs. Yes, I. Oh, she was one of my favorite characters in Scrubs. Yeah, one of my favorite characters in Scrubs and in Shrinking. Anyway, yes. I didn't watch Shrinking because of that thing I talked about with about the fridging trope thing. But then I did watch Shrinking because, you know, Jason Siegel, yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah. And how much would you expect to see Harrison Ford in a TV show if he's, if he's like, listed as appearing in it? First episode? Yeah, he's in it a lot. He's in it so much. He? He's, like, wow. he's in it all the time. His character... <laughs> His character is uh, has been diagnosed recently with Parkinson's in it and is kind of working Aww. through that. And Harrison Ford puts in an amazing performance. You would think that maybe he would phone in a performance in a TV show where he's not the star. He doesn't yeah. at all. He tries his best and he, his best is obviously about as good as it can, is possible to be. And he's wonderful in it. And it has, if you remember Scrubs again, that mixture of comedy and heartfelt mm. melodrama that can at times seem a little bit twee but you go yeah. with it because it sort of warms your heart and makes mm. you feel things. It's got all of that going on in it, and I really, really, really love it. And it's it's um one of those things where it's a TV show and the characters talk to each other in a way that the characters in a TV show would and not in real life, and characters hang out that would, in a ways where you'd, like, in real life, you'd be like, well, the co-worker and the neighbour wouldn't really hang out together like this, but it's it's fine, it's a TV show, you go with it because mm. you like the characters. Jason Siegel, obviously, it's, it's it's really good. I wasn't I was not expecting much from it, and within about two episodes, I was completely hooked. Mm. And I think maybe it's one where it's not got a massive hook to get people in beyond that Harrison Ford's in it, I suppose, might, might pull a few people in, but... Um, you know, it comes from Brett Goldstein, who's on Ted Lasso, and that's quite, that was quite an easy sell because it's like, oh, it's a comedy about a Premier League football team. That's like quite a bit of a hook to get people in, in, invested. Shrinking, it feels like it doesn't have a hook like that. But mm. I think people should check it out because it is it is brilliant. Oh, and one of the episodes um, is, is has quite a lot of stuff about Phoebe Bridges in it, which has um, obviously made me pretty... That was actually... The best. That was the, the best. She's everywhere. Yeah, exactly. That was the reason <laughs> I the not... reason I decided to give it a go is I saw a review that was like episode three of um Shrinking finally deals with the Phoebe Bridges uh thing or something and I was like, Oh, okay, I'll watch this. <laughs> and then, You're yeah. so basic. Yeah, I am. I am. That's fine. Um it's great. Uh, everyone should watch Shrinking, give it a go. Apple TV can be a bit of a nightmare, but um, you know, you deal with it, you accept it, even though they turned on multi-factor authentication on my apple id even though i don't have an iphone i don't have a tablet the only oh the God. only apple thing i have is apple tv and now yeah. now i went through a process where for about three or four days i was watching shrinking on the tv in my bedroom then on the tv in my living room then and i went home for a day or two and i watched tried to watch it on the tv every single time i had to re-log into apple tv and it wouldn't just let me log in it had to, it was like right now we've sent you a, it's a scan this qr code now we've sent you a text message. Put the numbers in on the text message. 
And I was like, this is insane. This is so annoying. I went into my Apple ID settings to turn off two-factor authentication because I was like, I've just got Apple TV. It really doesn't matter. I don't need that much security. Once you've had two-factor authentication turned on for a week, you cannot turn it off. You are not allowed to turn it off on Apple. I hate Apple so much. They are so controlling of their users. Just let people modify, make their own decisions. Stop babying us, you bloody idiots. Hate them. I hate them so sorry, much. Sorry, Apple. That's only George's opinion. No, it's not. It's widely <laughs> held opinion. <laughs> Stupid people. That's why I don't have an iPhone anymore. See? So there you go. You, yeah. you hate them as well. No, I don't hate them. Say, everything say else I've got. It's it, freeing. No. It's freeing. No, because I've got, I've got I, everything else I've got is Apple. So apart from my phone. Okay. Next up, I watched a movie <laughs> from 2022 that I've wanted to watch for ages, and I finally sat down and watched it, and I'm so glad I did. I watched this little film set in little. rural Wales, little tiny little Adobe film set in rural Wales, um, written by this guy, David Earl, starring David Earl, and it's called Brian and Charles. Have you heard of it? Nope. Okay, Brian and Charles. So Brian, Brian is, is a man who lives in a cottage in rural Wales, and he is a sort of local oddball. People kind of... People sort of like there's a scene early on where he goes into a corner shop and he's trying to buy a little chocolate thing, and the one behind the till is like, It's okay, you don't need to pay for it. Like, people sort of treat him kindly because they know he's a little bit odd, and um, that's who that's who we meet. And he's an inventor, but he he's he invents things like it's important that you understand this because when I describe what he invents in a minute, you need to understand it's not really, it's not this doesn't, he's not a, a genius scientist. Some of the inventions he shows off at the start of the movie are. Um, a pine cone bag, which is a bag, a handbag that he's glued a bunch of pine cones to. Um, and trawler net, trawler, trawler fishing nets for your feet, which is where he's made some mini fishing nets and attached them to his shoes. And then they just drag behind him as he walks down the street. Um, anyway, so he makes these kinds of silly, stupid, sort of weird inventions. And one day he finds, he's, he's digging through landfill and he finds things in landfill that he uses to make his inventions. And he finds a mannequin head and -hmm. he takes his mannequin head home and he decides he's going to make a robot. So he builds this robot with a mannequin head and like rubber gloves for hands and the torso is a washing machine and um, the legs, I don't know what the legs are made out of, but it's got these trousers on, it's got this button-up shirt over the washing machine and a sort of cardigan, and the arms mm-hmm. look like he's just sh- stuffed the cardigan's arms with, like, paper towels or something. And he go, he turns it on, and it doesn't work, obviously. But then he goes out into the village, and when he comes home, there's a storm, and I think they're getting at a sort of a Frankenstein thing here, where there's a storm, okay. there's lightning coming down, he sees a light in the shed where he makes his inventions... And he goes in and he discovers that his robot has come to life and wow. is moving around. And the next day he puts it to bed and it's kind of like a feral dog. And it's kind of doing that and sort of trying to get around him. And he's like, whoa, 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 calm down. And he brings it into his house and puts it to bed. And then he falls asleep and he wakes up the next morning and it's read the entire dictionary cover to cover. So it just starts looking around his room and going, windows, curtains, lamp, you, table. <laughs> And um, he he helps it choose a name, and it names itself Charles Petrescu, and it's the robot Charles Petrescu, and it has a it has a tummy for washing machine, 
and um, it becomes a friend and it's a film similar to RRR in some ways it's a film about friendship and the search for brotherhood and um, Brian who hasn't found friendship in the village he lives in really discovers a friend that makes him all the stronger for having the friend in in Charles his robot that he's made and they go through a sort of a little adventure together there's a local farmer who's horrible and treats treats them both mean and they sort of have to work out how to get their revenge on him in a in a mm. in a very nice cute little indie movie way and uh, it's really good i really enjoyed yes. it um it's very twee and mm. it's very british um but the performance of the robot is very enjoyable it's he's 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 speaking voices it sounds a little bit like a siri or something mm. and it's just very uh fun to watch him grow up there's it kind of like sh- shows him growing up and going through the mental stages of being a child and then a teenager and getting a little bit rebellious and um there's a bit where he sees uh he's watching tv with brian and he sees a travel show and they're talking about hawaii and honolulu and he just starts going, I want to go to, Ho-. he can't pronounce it. So he's like, I want to go to Honolulu, Honolulu, let's go to Honolulu. <laughs> and he comes, Brian comes home the next day and Charles has made a grass skirt for himself and wrapped it around his washing machine. And he's trying to learn how to do the luau. Um, it's good. I think people mm. should check out Brian and Charles. If it, if it passed you by, give it a go. Cause it's a really nice, beautiful little movie. Um, that, that, you know, isn't particularly widely seen. So people should check mm. it out definitely yeah and now i've got a few newer movies to talk about that i've seen in the cinema Mm. Mm. starting with the well 2023 movie if you're in the uk 2022 movie if you're in america uh the spiritual not spiritual the real prequel to x that i talked about last year oh yeah uh the film pearl 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 um a surprise prequel to x set in 1918 uh, X was a movie came out last year, set in the seventies, made by Ty West, Ty Mia Goff, in dual roles as both Pearl, an elderly woman, and uh, Maxine, a young woman who wants to be a entertainment adult entertainment industry star. Um, everything goes a bit wrong on a farmhouse in the seventies, and um, yeah, it's a bit of a horror film. Pearl is the origin story of the old woman from from X. Um, how she came to be again played by Mia Goth but mm. this time looking as she does naturally without uh, a lot of old age makeup on as a young woman who has grown up on this farm the same farmhouse set from uh, X and you know this film was actually I think they planned to make X and then Covid happened they got locked down for a while so Mia Goth and Ty West the director and writer of X wrote the screenplay for Pearl together and then they filmed them both sort of simultaneously back to back, which makes a lot of sense because I remember before I ever saw X, I read a thing on, I think it was IMDb, that Ty West had had like a, a 1918-style Texas high street built for the purpose mm. of the production. And I remember watching X, which is set entirely within the uh, 70s, and at the end I was like, what was that thing I read about? What? Where was the town from? Like, what? What was that? And then it came out that they'd made this film Pearl as well, and it was coming um, out, and it was obviously that was what that was referring to. Um, and yeah, this movie is. I think it's better. I really liked X. I think it's much better than X, which is amazing because this is the this is kind of the Im- almost improvised 
movie that they made, you know, they were inspired to make because of a sort of uh, an unexpected lockdown, etc. It, um, yeah, follows Pearl as she deals with the fact that she wants to leave the farm. She's married. Her husband's gone off to war. She's left at home with her mother, who's a very uh, first-generation German immigrant, very stern, austere woman, just wants mm. to run the farm, look after the family. Her dad has had some sort of a illness in the past, is now entirely wheelchair-bound, uh, unable to move or talk or really do anything beyond be fed and looked after by Pearl and the mother. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah. Pearl isn't happy living on this farm, just bathing her father and doing chores on the farm for her mm. for her mother. So she starts to... She goes into town at one point to get medicine for her father. She goes to see a movie. She sees the dancing girls up on the screen. She wants to be one of them. She wants to travel around dancing. She gets becomes friendly with the, with the projectionist in the cinema and forms a bit of a friendship with him. And throughout this entire thing, you see her doing odd strange stuff the film opens with her being not very nice to a goose um it then moves on to show her entering a field uh, on the farm and being too too nice to a scarecrow and it kind of like she's she's an she's an she's odd she's an odd norman bates-esque strange unsettling Mm. woman and mia goff's performance is pretty incredible in it the entire thing is filmed to look and feel like a film from like say maybe not 1918 but but from the, maybe the era that the wizard of oz was made in it's filmed in really really bright vibrant technicolor okay. um the the score is in the style of a film of that era not a film of our era with lots of beautiful lush strings and orchestration and the you know even the framing and the filming of shots and the way Ty West has made it it all feels very very kind of old fashioned but telling a story that you would not have seen on screen in that era and um it kind of you know as as films of this nature do it ratchets up the tension as it goes and it ends in this kind of outburst of of um awful sort of actions that pearl does and um it really works and it's really enjoyable and it's so interesting that it like it's it's an origin story for the character from X, and it adds a lot of background to X, but it stands it complete. Like if you haven't seen X, you can watch Roof without like you don't need to worry about that at all. Pearl mm. completely stands on its own, uh, entirely. And then apparently later this year we're gonna have a third film, Maxine, wow, uh, set in the eighties, following the uh, ongoing adventures of Mia Goth's other character from uh, from X as she um oh so just Mia Goth galore yeah which is absolutely fine and we'll be talking more about Mia Goth in a few minutes uh, another movie that she's she's done recently she's great she is so good she's amazing she is absolutely incredible um yeah I think I and it's a fit because I was looking her up and I've seen her in a bunch of stuff in the past and never really like she's in the Suspiria remake which I really enjoyed mm-hmm. and a few other things but it wasn't until X the way I really sort of like uh you know, noticed her performances, I guess, and I want to go back and watch some of those films yeah. again. And there's a movie, let me, there's a movie, right, that she's in that I've mm. never seen because I don't think it's going to be very good, but the cast is ridiculous. She's in this f- horror film called Marrowbone, right? Mm. It's about four, five siblings, but one of them's really young, so like four siblings, uh, and it's like a haunted house story. The four siblings in this movie, Mia Goff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, George McKay, 
who has gone on to be the star. He's one of the stars of 1917. Um, okay. And he's, you know, he's, he's quite big now. Charlie Heaton, who plays the older brother in Stranger Things. Yeah. And Anya Taylor-Joy. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? We are... <laughs> Anya? And I've not... What's the film called? It's called Marrowbone. Or The Secret of Marrowbone. And it's a sp- English language Spanish horror mystery drama film. Wow. And it's got... When did it come 49% out? 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not meant to be very good. It came out six years ago. Um, I want to watch it just to see... Well, on IMDb, it's like 6.7. 6.7 is a death sentence on IMDb. Is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. If you're below 7 out of 10 on IMDb, you might as well not have even bothered getting out of bed. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was good. If it's more than five, it's okay. No, if a film's got five out of ten on IMDb, it's it should be burned publicly in a in a bin. And if it's got, I, it's got do underneath. we trust do we trust IMDb that much? Uh no, not really. But like, you, broadly in broad terms, movies that have got sort of under six, under seven out of ten, you you hmm. you vary and your results may vary. Over seven out of ten movies are likely to have some redeeming qualities. Six point seven is is borderline, to be fair. As is the forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Forty nine percent on on uh, on on Prime Video is four stars out of five. Well, that's interesting. Does that count? Well, it does, but where are they getting that? Where's that being? Um, who's... Well, when you when you watch a film, then you can star it. You know. Uh, I guess. I guess. Anyway, I'm I'm might... Oh, I can watch it. I can watch it actually. Oh, maybe we should watch it and then um discuss. <laughs> yeah, we should watch Marabon discuss. Yeah. Cuz it's Anya. It's Anya and Mia and, you know, the two the two lads in it aren't slouches. So <laughs> slouches. Obviously they're not they're not Anya and Mia, but, you know. No. Anyway, it's a bit like there's a movie called Malevolent. <laughs> yeah. And it's got Florence Pugh in it. And I've never Has watched it. it. It's, this one is meant to be absolute death. It's from 2018. It's called Malevolent. I think it's a Netflix yeah. film, so we could watch it. But this yeah. one, the reviews are... Oh, actually, no, it's got 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, maybe it's... 4.8 on IMDb. Oh, now that is rough. <laughs> that, is a, <laughs> that, is a, that is a rough score on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, I've never watched Malevolent, but again, it's like an early-ish appearance by one of our faves. Ah, oh, um, Florence. And we'll be talking more what about a... Florence in a minute or two as well. Anyway, Pearl is bish bash bosh delightful. Loved it. Good. Up next, oh, John Wick Chapter 4. Oh! Yes. I watched, on uh, to, to celebrate the release of uh, John Wick Chapter 4, yeah. I watched John Wick Chapter 3. Now, what did you, let's do a little crossover of our yeah. turn-taking. What did you make of 3? Because I watched it recently as well. Um, I I think, I think 1 and 2 are, like, perfect. Yeah. 3 is okay. Like, there's a, there's a lot of, act, like, the action starts from the beginning and it doesn't end until the end. Like, yeah. it's action, action, action. And... It's very stress, like stressful. It's very tiring. I think um, it's the worst John Wick film. Yeah, which it's still good. Yeah, but it's... I didn't mind it, but it was just too much, and it was just, um, like of course the action scenes are incredible, and you know, it's an incredible concept, and I love John Wick. Yeah, but it was too much. The twist at the end, I did not expect that though. 
I didn't expect the guy to well, shoot yeah. him. Well, yeah. Let's talk. Excuse us if you haven't seen it. Skip ahead. Let's talk spoilers a minute for John Wick. Not four. Yeah. We won't spoil four, three. but John Wick chapter three. Yeah. Because I the reason I don't like this movie is 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 you can't talk about it without spoiling it. And I, oh, the reason not that I don't like it, but the reason I find it really tough to watch yeah. is. So spoilers from now for John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Also, the only one to have a subtitle, which is weird. You got John Wick also, you got John Wick, John Wick Chapter yeah. 2, John Wick Chapter yeah. 3, Parabellum, and then yeah. John Wick Chapter 4. Also, that Parabellum doesn't mean anything without the full sentence. Well, it means prepare for war, so it, it does, sort of, kind of. Okay. Like I I I kind of get it. I get the idea behind Bye. it. Um Bye does yeah. You know, the full sentence is if you want peace, prepare for war, right? Or yeah, broadly. Yeah. But just, yeah. just having the phrase that means the part of it that means prepare for war. I mean, I don't know, grammatically yeah. in Latin it might be it might not make any sense, but like I I get it. And it's a cool yeah. little word, but but give the other film subtitles if you're gonna do that. Anyway, yeah. like it could have been called John Wick Chapter Two, Excommunicado. That would have been better. Yeah. Anyway, the plot of the film is that, and they all do run, I love the John Wick movies, but the plots do tend to run together a little bit because it's all sort of the same. But the plot, yeah. the plot of this, the third one is he's, he's killed this guy on continental grounds in the second film. He's been therefore given an hour by Winston who, and then he'll be declared excommunicado. 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 <laughs> the, the, the smoking <laughs> tattooed ladies in the room are going to, are going to write up on a chalkboard. That, that room is so hilarious. <laughs> really I love, but I love how, I, I love just how like, they're so like committed because everybody in that room has got tattoos and it's got oh, yeah. like the, the 1950s. It's very committed. I, I that's why I love. That's part, yeah, it's a hundred percent feels like it should be based on a graphic novel but it's not yeah. they've just created this yeah. world for the screen but if it's rich enough that it feels like it's come from a literature yeah. background it's it's great he's been declared excommunicado he goes on this big journey all over the world to get to the man <laughs> what i can't remember what he's called he's he's the only I don't, I, he's the time he got there. only like, person oh. who sits above the high table basically who yeah. can kind of d- declare him unexcommunicado and the agreement is and he's, he's, it's a, the whole journey of the movie is to get from New York to where this guy is in the middle of the desert. Halle Berry helps yeah. him. There's a very good scene where she, her dogs are just biting people's testicles oh, all over the place. Those dogs are an incredible part of the film. Yeah, and there's a better dog in John Wick Chapter 4, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but he gets there. The guy, the leader, whatever his name is, is basically like, if you cut off your finger... yeah. And agree to kill Winston for what he's for desecrating the continent for allowing you to kill someone in the continental basically. Yeah. If you do those things, we'll we'll let you back in and we'll declare the you know we'll we'll cancel the bounty on your head etc. And so Keanu cuts off his finger. His ring. I don't understand why his ring finger. He could have cut off his other finger. Like he loves his wife so much. I think I think it, I think it has to be the ring finger for that reason. I think they make okay, him. Okay. Okay. Anyway. He cuts it off and he goes all the way back to the hotel. And by this point, that's yeah. the majority of the movie has been spent watching him on this journey. He gets back yeah. to the hotel and just decides, actually, do you know, what? I'm not going to kill Winston. Invalidating the purpose of the entire hour and a half that you've just spent watching the film. The story, yeah. like in chapter four, the story takes a back seat and isn't particularly important. Like it, yeah. it, it goes on, but, but it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah. But in chapter three, and that's fine for a John Wick movie. The story can take a back seat to the action because you're there to see Keanu do his thing and have fun. Yeah. 
But for the story to almost actively undercut itself yeah makes the whole thing feel really unsatisfying yeah. and i that because I by the time get it gets back you've got another 45 minutes yeah and he's just like he's not going to kill him what's going to happen and then what well, then there's the, the scene where you know he needs more weapons and stuff and yeah. that's wonderful but yeah i yeah it's it was entertaining to watch but i got tired towards the end yeah now john wick chapter four also how did he not die at the end Ah uh, well, he's he John. Shot. He's John Wick. He got shot four times. He fell off a building. Ah, uh, but what you got to remember, um, yeah. and they make a lot out of this in the in the new one. Okay. They've introduced the concept of a suit being able to be bulletproof. I assume that was the case. Yeah. Because probably most a lot of people ask themselves, how he did not die. But in there's a there's a in in chapter four. There is a lot of people. Um, being shot and their bullets just bouncing off their suits it's it's very goofy but it's great what i like about chapter three though is like a lot of people that like the fighting's like oh it's an honor to fight with you yeah 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 john i quite like that and the last guy the mark the cascos the iron chef guy yeah he's just like that that was kind of a nicer that fight though goes on forever ever i i i have to admit something that i kind of skipped a little bit because i was just like i can't be bothered anymore um but yeah so i watched that was um i watched john wick number three excited to watch john wick number four tell me about it so john wick chapter four first of all longest john wick movie by a country mile two hours and 50 minutes long 50 yeah it's a long nearly three hours nearly very close to three hours god yep. that's like john wick chapter two isn't it well john wick chapter two no john wick chapter three is the longest they've gotten longer like the first one i think is just on two hours the second one is about ah, okay. two hours five and the third one is two yeah. hours ten ah, okay the fourth one two hours fifty okay it's a long old movie it follows the continuing adventures of john wick it has the greatest opening scene of all time where Lawrence fishburne is just screaming and yelling about how amazing John Wick is, while John Wick stands in a room and just repeatedly punches a, a wooden board uh, until his knuckles are bloody. And then Lawrence Fishburne holds up a suit and goes, are you ready, John? And Keanu just turns around and delivers that, yeah, that we all yeah. like so much. And it's yeah. perfect. And then the, the plot of this one broadly is that he still is excommunicado. There's still a large bounty on his head. He's still on a mission to defeat the high table the high table in response to john wick's continuing ability to survive have unanimously elected a marquee no a marquee a french marquee m-a-r-q-u-i-s they've not erected a marquee they've elected a marquee <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're all under the marquee going, I wonder what we should do with John Wick. <laughs> What's to be done about this John Wick? Um, at least we're not getting wet from the rain, right, guys? And our table is staying lovely and dry. So, the marquee, played by mm. uh, Pennywise himself, Bill Skarsgård, yes, is Skarsgård. given unanimous, unilateral um, power to do whatever he wants just to kill, capture and murder John Wick. Um, and he, he sets off to do that. And the film basically jumps around all over the world. We spend a lot of time in Japan at the Osaka Continental Hotel in yes. Japan. where we, Rina Sawayama is in where it Where we well. meet the concierge of this... Oh, wait, hang on. First of all, we have to very briefly... Oh. Horrible, gutting news last week that star of these movies, Lance Reddick, had passed away at the age of 60. 
No. Oh no. Yeah. Who played the concierge Sharon? <gasps> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Um, of natural causes supposedly, but you know, only sixty, which is really sad, and had has been in a lot of stuff. Oh. Um. That's sad. Yeah. And he was he was recently in Resident Evil, wasn't he? He was recently in Resident Evil. He's he's been in loads of stuff. Um. Yeah, he's pretty. I am pretty sad about about Lance Reddick's Aww. passing. Very quickly, top five Lance Reddick performances from me to you. Number five, the Resident Evil series that he did. Mm. I didn't That's... get very good reviews. He's so good in it. I love it. Number four, The Wire. The first mm. place most people saw him playing a okay. his classic archetype of a policeman. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with his appearance on the Eric Andre show, uh, okay. which if you haven't seen that, we might have to watch it during my tube in a bit because it's very entertaining. Okay. Uh, number two, his appearance in an episode of Tim and Eric's Bad Time Stories uh, called mm-hmm. Tornado, where he plays a lawyer who has to explain to a boy um, that a septic tank from his parents' house has exploded and covered a... <laughs> Covered a what? covered a local hospital in a in a bodily fluid that that boy had em- oh. had emptied a lot of it into during his teenage years, oh and he goodness. uses a lot of euphemisms. It's very good, it's very funny. And number one, uh, I think Caron Sharon in the John Wick films because he is a pure endless delight in these movies. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry to get back to it. So, Lance Reddick, R.I.P. Un- an unbelievable character actor. Irina Sawayama plays the concierge of ah. yeah of um the Osaka Continental and the film mm-hmm. kind of opens with um once it's done all the setup it, it kind of quickly shows him making his way to uh Japan and taking refuge there because he's old friends with the boss of the Continental Osaka and therefore ends up you know getting involved with Rina Sawayama the high table have sent an old friend of John's after him called Kane Played by iconic Hong Kong action star Donnie Yen. Oh, okay. Playing a blind assassin. Um, oh. Probably, the since the first film, the best character they've written uh, is is this guy Kane that Donnie Yen plays. He's amazing in this movie, and this I think this is why John Wick Chapter Four is better than the last one. Is that mm. even though it's so long. I can watch it and I'm entertained the entire time. Whereas in John Wick Chapter 3, even though it's 40 yeah. minutes shorter, I get quite bored at a yeah. certain point. But in John Wick Chapter 4, it's moving constantly. It sets up these characters brilliantly. The ones you follow most of all are, you know, obviously John Wick, this guy Kane that's mm. following him. And there's a guy that calls himself Nobody, um, played by Shamir Anderson, Mm-hmm. Uh, who was in a, been in a few things recently, but nothing I've seen him in before. He's amazing in this film. He plays this tracker, Mister Nobody, who's pursuing John Wick, and it has an in like most characters in these movies since the first one. They turn up in purely because they want to murder John Wick, which is true of <laughs> yeah. Kane as well. The interesting thing about Mister Nobody is that he obviously has a debt he needs to pay off, so he is waiting for John Wick's bounty to reach a point where it's worth his time. 
to do it. So he's kind of there at the edges, almost protecting John Wick at points because he wants John Wick to keep going until, you know, he becomes valuable enough for this guy to... So it's 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 some interesting character dynamics going on. Donnie Yen, Bill Skarsgård, Shamir Anderson, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, who plays the uh, manager of the Osaka Continental, uh, Rina Sariyama, all amazing mm. people. Ian McShane as Winston is so good in this film. Again, we get a bit more Lance Reddick, which as we talked about earlier was, was great. Uh, Clancy Brown, is in this film as a as representing the high table. Uh there's a there's a British there's a British I think he's British. Yeah, British martial artist called Scott Adkins, who's a very, very well built, fit man who looks mm. like a martial artist. He's in this as a German guy called Killer, who's the head of the who's the German representative of the ta- high table, who he wears this enormous fat suit in it that makes him look uh like, wow. like a massive big guy. He it, 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 there's this incredible sequence in this German nightclub where him and John Wick are going at it and he's got the power and ability of Scott Adkins who's very, you know, fit but he's got this massive suit on and it just makes him look like a tank of a man who can just kick mm. John Wick through walls and stuff really entertaining it is the best I, I think that John Wick 4 oh. is is the best John Wick film better than the first one and the second one, no. definitely the third one. It is got the best action scenes because you care about the characters in a way that they sort of lost track of a little bit in the third one, I think. And you just, you, you it just, it just works on every single level. It's mm. like it's a masterpiece of action cinema, and I th- I like it more than any of the others, which is amazing for the fourth movie in a franchise to somehow be the best one. It yeah. is an incredible achievement from Keanu and. Um, Chad Stahelski, who's directed all of these movies so far. Mm. Um, yeah, not many not many franchises can get to the fourth movie and keep just improving on themselves. Are they going to make any more? So they were originally going to make John Wick Chapter 4 and Chapter 5 at the same time. They didn't do that in the end. I wonder whether they combine them into one movie, and that's why it's so long. I don't know. But mm. because there isn't really a point in this film where you could say, right, that would be the end of one film and the start of another. Yeah. It's sort of one big story. Um. But yeah, they've sort of said they're saying now that they're done with John Wick for a while. But they'll probably come. They'll see how it does, and they'll come back to it later if they feel like it. And I, I imagine that we will get a fifth John Wick film. We are, yeah. we are getting. I think this year we're getting a series set in the seventies about how Winston and Sharon um started off at the Continental, uh, okay. and a prequel show there, which hopefully will be good. And we're getting a spin-off movie called Ballerina, following a female assassin played by Anna Diarmas who's part of the um the group that John Wick goes to in the third film Angelica mm. Houston's uh, assassins that John Wick's got a history yes. with. Um, oh, it was nice to see Angelica Houston in uh, chapter 3. Actually. It was, but then she gets she cuts her hands in a horrible way, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, I don't like that stuff very much. Anyway, yeah. it's fine. Um yeah, John Wick chapter 4, amazing. Absolute masterpiece. Uh so I saw that and then I watched an, another movie which uh is not like John Wick. It was 80 minutes long as opposed to 150, Oh, 60 wonderful. I quite like when I watch really short films. Yep. Like short, like once upon a time, normal length films. Yeah. It's quite nice. I watched a movie called Rye Lane. Have you heard of Rye Lane? No. So Rye Lane is a film. It's the directorial debut of da, 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 Rain Allen Miller. And uh, it's a British romantic comedy set 
mostly in South London. Set entirely in South London, actually. Um, It stars Vivian Oprah as Yaz and David Johnson as Dom. Two people that meet or meet cute as in the parlance of rom-coms. Early one morning in an art gallery um, in Mm. South London. They're both there. They don't know each other, but they're both there because they have have connections with an artist who's displaying his latest uh, work. Dom has recently ended a six-year relationship and is still very upset about it. Goes off into the toilets to have a little cry to himself. Um, doesn't realise it's a unisex toilets and Yaz comes in as well <laughs> and sits in the cubicle next to him. She hears him crying. She asks if he's okay and he's a bit like, this is the gents. And she's like, nope, it's 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 gender neutral. <laughs> and he's like, I just want some privacy. And she's like, okay, but it's not that private. Um, she looks under the door and sees he's wearing these pink converse and then a few minutes later when they're both back out in the gallery, she sees the pink converse again. Aww. She goes and strikes up a conversation. And then the movie, three quarters of it is set on this same day as they wander together through South London, getting to know each other and learning about each other's um, relationship, recent relationship history and uh, sort of finding connections with each other. And it's a really beautiful, lovely kind of heartfelt romantic comedy that's just got this little heart to it that um I don't know really really works for me I really really enjoyed it um I think you'd I think you'd like it I think you'd really like it um I think so too yeah and uh it's it's very funny like it's really really funny there's a great scene where Dom is actually going to go and have lunch with his ex and his best friend who his ex cheated on him with and they're now in a relationship And uh, Yaz Yaz decides to tag along and pretend to be his new partner, and that's a very very funny scene. Um, mm. There's a there's a large portion of the film um, centered around trying to get a tribe called Quest the tribe called Quest album Low End Theory back from Yaz's mm. ex's apartment, and it's just very funny and delightful. And I think that it's uh, yeah it's it's been really well received and really well reviewed, and I think we can probably expect more great stuff from both Rain Allen Miller who directed this, and David Johnson and Vivian Opara, who star in it, and are both just wonderful. And I've not seen either of them in anything else, but I think they're going to have uh, big, good careers, I would mm. guess. So, yeah, um, go and watch Rye Lane if you can. It's just yeah. it's just lovely. Look at even the poster for it. Look at that poster. Look at the lovely colours on that poster. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I saw it on your letterbox. And I was like, oh, I want to watch it, because I saw your review as well, and it was lovely. Yeah. And uh, I've been disappointed with the rom-coms recently. They're just not hitting the spot. Exactly, this one will. This That's is so this is ridiculous. what you want from a rom-com. This is this is exactly what you because it's not like you know a lot of rom-coms recently have been like we're we're bringing back these people that you love from these rom-coms and they're going to no, make another rom-com. That. But it doesn't feel that was a long time ago. Yeah, ticket to did you see Ticket to Paradise? No, with George no. Clooney and Julia Roberts, that was a bit like no. that, and then obviously the 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 Jennifer Lopez ones and the, these big budget studio ones that don't have a lot yeah. of heart behind them. Tickets to Paradise was actually kind of okay. Well, like because I watch Reese. Well, I well, I haven't talked about it on the podcast, but um, I'll tell you, I've watched a couple of I've watched um Your Place or Mine with Reese Witherspoon and um Ashton Kutcher. And I thought you know Reese Witherspoon, you know she's been quite good with the like or the female empowerment thing and it was not, not even worth talking about it <laughs> and then and then i watched um something from tiffany's this christmas uh which is with zoe deutsch which i love and uh, kendrick samson which i saw before uh, previously in um insecure um and it was just not good 
Like, I don't, I don't need you to bring back Christmas rom-coms. I need to just, like, be aware of now. Yeah. And be aware of the simplicity of love. That's what I love about, you know, slice of life romantic things. It just has to be simple and lovely, not just silly and too romantic. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh... And also there has to be love behind it. And that's the thing. What you said before is right. You know, there there's, there's, don't seem to be a thought behind these films. It's just like, just there to like make a romantic comedy. Yeah, that, like, these oh. two people are both, their schedules are free for a bit. Let's just make a film to, to yeah. fill their time yeah. and make some money. Whereas Rye Lane feels like a heartfelt, mm. it's it's great. You should, we should talk about it more. You should watch it and we should talk about it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then yesterday, so we've watched before the trailer for Infinity Pool together on this podcast, yes. and we've talked yes. about how excited uh, we both are, I think, to maybe see it, but definitely how excited I am to see it. Um, like there was no excitement of my. You part. said you wanted to see me a goth's natural accent in a movie and stuff. Yeah, but I don't want to see any body horror, mm. so I'm quite happy just to watch Mia Goth doing her thing. Um, so Infinity Pool finally came out this weekend. However. As we've talked about before, I've got an unlimited Cineworld card, so I see all my movies pretty much at Cineworld. The nearest Cineworld to me that was showing it was 20 miles away. So oh. I saw it, but to make the journey worth it, I'd watched three films in a row uh, with Infinity Where Pool. did you go? Bolton. Bolton? Yes. Which is fine. It's not that far. If you've, you know, I got in my little car and I drove there. But, um... I decided to make it worth my time, so I watched three movies yesterday, and I'll, I'll, and Infinity Pool was the last one, so I'll talk about that in a minute. But first, I watched a good person. Ah. Do you know a good person? Yes, yes, I really would like to watch it with the because it's Florence Pugh, but but it's Zach Braff, and I did not really like Garden State. No. Which seems to be like this like kind of cult movie, but it just felt I just didn't like that. So I've never um, seen it. In but fact, then, but then Florence, I saw an interview with Florence Pugh praising Garden State, which is um, Zach Braff's previous um, film. And I'm like, oh, should I like that film because Queen Flo likes it? No, no, no. You like <laughs> your own views and stuff. No, I don't want my own views. No, um, I don't like that film. That's fine. I've not seen it. This is actually Zach Braff's fourth movie, and I've not seen any of his other films. Yeah, he's made. Uh. Four, three other movies apparently um, he wrote and directed this around the time him and, him and Florence Pugh were in a relationship and she stars in it so you, you know he was she was his muse for a period I imagine um, mm-hmm. it's a movie in which Florence Pugh plays a young woman um, called what's her character's name in this film let's see she plays Alison a woman who is engaged to Nathan, as the movie opens, and they're very happy. We meet them at their engagement party. They couldn't be happier. We then cut to her driving through the New Jersey Turnpike with Nathan's brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And um, she's wearing... I mean, this is the worst crime of her character in the movie. She's wearing the worst hat. Uh, just a really bad hat. Let me see if I can find... Hang on. A good person... You can you can describe this hat for the listeners. Can you see that? What? That's that's not that bad. It's pretty bad. It looks like a hat that Jennifer Lopez would have worn in a music video in two thousand two. 
It does actually. See, <laughs> it does. It does. Look at the, the woman next to the woman the next to her is going. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> it's the worst on-screen hat I've ever seen. Anyway, okay. she's wearing this. Anyway. She's wearing this hat. She also then immediately gets into a into a horrific car accident, which is very identifiably definitely her fault. Um, yeah. and her sister-in-law, well, soon to be sister-in-law and soon to be brother-in-law, are both killed tragically oh yes leaving her um a wreck uh physically and emotionally the father of her fiance her future father-in-law potentially is played by morgan freeman Mm. and they leave behind a young teenage daughter called ryan um who now morgan freeman's daniel is left having to rear we cut to a year later allison's relationship is broken down she's left her fiance she's now very much addicted to opioids and the movies okay. the movie sort of makes a pass at trying to be about the opioid crisis but it doesn't actually it's not actually interested in that um but she's a she's a she's an addict at this point and mm. because she you know she's been through this horrific experience daniel morgan freeman's character used to be an alcoholic is an alcoholic but mm. is 10 years sober at a point in the movie when she has hit rock, rock bottom, Alison decides to go to a sort of Narcotics Anonymous meeting. There she sees Daniel. She attempts to leave because obviously she that's not a emotionally healthy place for her to be if he's there as well because she blames herself effectively for the death of his child. Um, but Daniel convinces her to stay. They sort of, beat, they sort of um, form a bit of a relationship. And then the rest of the movie is kind of exploring how these two people can learn what they can learn about each other to, to help each other through the challenges that they're facing and how mm. she can, if she, can she overcome her addiction? Can Daniel raise this young teenage girl that he's not really equipped to raise? Can he make up with his son who he beat horrifically uh, when he was a child due mm-hmm. to, and you know, this is Alison's ex due to his alcoholism, etc. Um, it's sort of, it's been absolutely torn to pieces, uh, critically. Uh, it's sitting at, what's it sitting at on IMDb? Or on, um, it's got 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, but, oh, actually, oh, this is a weird one now. The, the, the Guardian have, have published two reviews of it. Yeah, sometimes they do that, yeah. like depending on who the... So the first one... The, in fact, the only review I had seen so far is from our my favourite, who I've talked about before, Peter Bradshaw. Mm. He gave it one star mm. and he just absolutely tore it to shreds. He hated it. Mm. Um, I don't like Peter Bradshaw. And again, I don't think he's right here. I don't agree entirely. But yeah. the thing is, it's not because I think the movie's brilliant. I just think the movie is fine. Yeah, It's absolutely fine. I think you should watch it and I think you'd probably like it um, it reminded me, oh, I haven't seen it, but it made me think of maybe it's a little bit similar to that Mila Kunis movie you watched that, again, wasn't very critically well-received, where she plays an addict. And it's called a, it's called oh. Three Good Days or something. Yeah, yeah, Three Good Days, yeah. Um, yeah, which was fine. It was just a fine film. Yeah, and A Good Person is a fine film. I, and I've yeah. seen a review being like, oh, Zach Braff has managed the impossible. He's He's got Florence Pugh to give a bad performance. Mm. I don't think she gives a bad performance. I think she gives a. I think she's challenged to give. A, she's. I think her performance is challenging because Zach Braff's script is 
ev- just flies all over the shop. Mm. Uh, and she is constantly trying to keep up with it. But when she has to demonstrate and display pain, she does it very well because it's like her yeah. main thing that she's good at. Yeah. And she's not bad at this again. It's just the script is weird. I kind of was enjoying it quite a lot for the first two thirds. It, it, mm. it, in its attempt to find a point to finish on, it, it suddenly decides to have a bunch of characters act in a way that just doesn't make sense based on how they've been set up previously. And it's like he's just done it because he needs this big dramatic moment to finish, so somebody has to have a relapse and somebody... And it kind of all comes to a head. And then it finds a point where it could happily finish, and then it goes on for about another 20 minutes, and that's another issue with it. And, like, I've talked about John Wick Mm. today. John Wick is almost three hours long, but it's fine. It works at that length. This movie is two hours and five minutes long, and it could have finished at an hour 50. There's a point, actually, where you're like, that is the shot that it should cut to credits on. And it, there's another 10 minutes after that even. So, yeah. and it, you know, instead of ending on kind of a slightly, um, instead of ending on this moment, I mean, I'm, and you know, I can't criticize a film for not being what it, what it isn't, but there's a moment where it's like, if it ended now, it would be, it would show that there is hope for the future, but it would be uncertain and it would leave yeah. you feeling a bit, sh- it, instead it ends on a very sappy voiceover from Morgan Freeman probably because Zach Graff was like, you got, I've got Morgan Freeman. I've got to have him open and close the movie with some narration, like in the Shawshank Redemption, oh, right? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, oh, it's no. that kind of thing. It's like Morgan Freeman once made Shawshank Redemption the best movie ever by having narration over the opening and closing. So yeah, but- let's, let's do the same in my movie because I've got <sighs> Morgan Freeman. No, it could have ended on this little beautiful moment between Florence Pugh and her, her fiancé, but it doesn't. It has to... Anyway... It's it's perfectly fine. Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman both give really good performances in it because they don't mm. really know how not to. Um, yeah. But Zach Braff doesn't really understand characters and, and, and it, it just sort of falls apart near the end. But it's Florence Pugh at the end of the day. So yeah. you know, I gave it three and a half stars. I think if, 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 if it hadn't had Florence Pugh in it, I'd have probably given it like two stars. But Yeah, I've heard it's, like she's good in it. Like, you know, she makes it good. Yeah. yeah, I was just looking at, at Zach Braff's filmography, and I have watched actually another film by him. Oh yeah, what was it? Wish you were here. Wish I was that. Wish I was here. Doesn't that star him? Yeah, as well. Uh, is that any good? Well, Garden State stars him as no, well. No, I know. I just I thought that you would have. I guess it doesn't. It doesn't really. You wouldn't necessarily know he directed it because he starred in it. But yeah, but again, not, not. <laughs> not very good. He, I don't. I don't think I like his style. I think it's just a little bit too um, neurotic. You know, just too much. It also feels like he's everything. he's constantly trying to ape the Scrubs style. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because like, there's a scene in there's actually there's a scene in Shrinking and there's a scene in a good person that are almost beat for beat, kind of the same. You've got a you've got a paternal figure mm. who's who's having to discipline a child that he's been left the guardian of after a tragic death passing of the main maternal figure um in in a in an accident involving a car and the scenes play in shrinking the scene really works because you believe in the relationship between Jason Siegel and his daughter in 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 a good person there's an almost identical sequence where he's mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman is faced with having to work out how to discipline this girl where all he really wants to do is, is help her love. Mm. But, you know, you have to, you know, a teenager is acting out, you have to kind of lay down some guidelines mm. to help them. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't really work. It just doesn't, mm. anyway. Anyway, after um, A Good Person, there was only one film on at the cinema 
that sat between a good person because I wanted to see a good person and I wanted to see Infinity yeah. Pool. It's like I'll do a double bill. The timings meant I'd have been sat around for two hours waiting for mm. Infinity Pool to start. So I was like, I'll fill that time with another movie. There was only one movie that fit the bill, <laughs> which is why I sat completely alone in a cinema. Alone? alone. There was no one else in the film. <laughs> Watching the movie 80 for Brady. <laughs> I was wondering why you were. I was on your letterbox. I was like, why has he watched this? Like, <laughs> I was wondering why. Well. Oh, my God. 80 for Brady is based. I don't know. Like, is it a film or a documentary? It's a film. It's not a film. Okay. It's not. It's not. A, it's not. A, it, I don't want to. I don't want to say the sentence. It's a film because it's not a film. But it okay. thinks it's a film. It doesn't okay. think it's a documentary. But it is based on the true story of four octogenarian women who are lifelong friends and have, in later life, formed a bond over being fans of the New England Patriots, specifically their star quarterback, Tom Brady, who okay. is a very famous athlete. I've heard of him, which is a lot for a sport that is... I don't like sports, and for a sport that isn't even played in the country I live in, for me to have heard yeah. of somebody means that they're pretty famous. He's the David Beckham of being an American mm. football player, I assume. He's won a bunch of Super Bowls, which is the big one, the big thing, mm. the big American football thing. Um, and he's going to... There's one more Super Bowl. Yeah. And then there's it's Super Bowl LI, which is a Roman numeral. I don't know what it is, stands for. Anyway, it's like the it's one of the it's the it's it was the Super Bowl in twenty seventeen in Texas. And the four ladies this is gonna fifty one. Sorry? L I fifty one. Super Bowl fifty one. The four ladies, they're gonna do a they're gonna do a big watch of it together. But then one of them says, hang on, what if we don't do a big watch of it? What if we go to the Super Bowl? And then oh. they all say, but we can't afford to go to the Super Bowl. The tickets are too expensive. But there's a competition to win tickets. And they win the tickets. And then they go to the Super Bowl. And then they're at the Super Bowl. They watch the Super Bowl. They go home. That's the end of the movie. Wow. It's not a movie. It's not got a story. They arrive at the Super Bowl. They do a variety of things. You've got, I mean, you've got Lily Tomlin, who is 83. Mm. You've got Jane Fonda, who is 85. Yeah. Rita Marino, who is 91. Wow. Yeah, and at one point in this movie, turns around, bends over, slaps her ass, and tells Tom Brady to slap her. Okay. She's she's Wonderful. 91. Which is fine, actually. Being, be, be a powerful um, sexual being. Mm whatever age you want to be. And Sally Field, who is 76, so doesn't mm-hmm. meet the 80 for Brady requirements. But no. it's fine because she on the jersey they all wear, she's she's crossed over the 80 and written 70, um, which is fine. They're all obviously incredibly accomplished actresses. They've done incredible things in the past and they've been brought together to make this movie um, to stroke the ego of this sports star who appears in the movie as himself. Um, okay. and you know, the Patriots win the Super Bowl, not a spoiler because they won the Super This I don't know. they win it, uh, and they win it because the girl, the, the women break into the coach's room and, and give an inspiring speech to Tom Brady, and that makes nice. him win. And that's, that's presumably what happened in real life as well. Yeah. Um, the famous American chef Guy Fieri is in this movie quite a lot because they realized okay. that they didn't have a story, so they needed to fill time, so he pops up for a while. Um, it's Unconscionably terrible, 
I was a big grump for the entire movie. I didn't laugh once. I didn't like it. And there's no... A few years ago, two new two comedians from New Zealand did a podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time, in which every week mm. for a year they watched the movie Grown Ups 2, the Adam Sandler film, and then mm. they had to talk about it every week for a year. And they've ne- they they did a couple of seasons after it where they tried to find other films that that kind of because the thing with grown ups too is it's not really about anything it doesn't have a story it's terrible and they got they drove themselves mad by trying to talk about it each week uh they tried to find other films to do it with and it never really worked as successfully again i think 80 for brady could be that film for those two guys i think that this mm. is the kind of movie that that will only be relevant if some comedians decide to make a joke out of it at some point, because yeah. it's got it's got nothing else. It really mm. hasn't got anything else. But it cost twenty eight million dollars to make, and it's made thirty nine point three million. So maybe it's broadly a success. Wow. I don't know. There was no one else in the cinema when I watched it. <laughs> so there we go. Okay, <clears throat> Infinity Pool. Brandon Cronenberg, son of David Cronenberg, big. F- his his last film Possessor, uh, was good. I enjoyed his new film in Pin- Infinity Pool is incredible, and I loved it. Mm. And it's a five star film. And let me tell you briefly about the plot. Have you seen the White Lotus? Yeah, it's that. Is but it much more horrible? <laughs> um, Alexander Skarsgård, who we all know and love from various things plays a man called James Foster. He is a struggling author who wrote a book six years ago and uh, he's not been able to write another one. His wife, M, played by Cleopatra Coleman, funds his lifestyle by being the daughter of the owner of a publishing house. Um, mm-hmm. And they've gone away for him to try and get some, uh, what do you call it? Inspiration for his next book. And for some reason... The place they've gone to try and get inspiration for a book is an enclosed seaside resort in a fictional country called Litolka, um, where you're not allowed to leave the resort because the local people are very dangerous and will kill you and do worse things to you as well. Nice. Um, it's not going well. <laughs> They're not having a very nice time, and they don't seem like they don't seem particularly like they like each other. Uh, James is just very disconnected, very emotionless, very sort of like clearly struggling with life. Um, clearly loves him, but doesn't really know how to help him. Mm. One day, uh, while watching some local people cause an issue at the resort, uh, James bumps into Gabby, played by Mia Goth, who yeah. says, you're James Foster. I loved your book. Would you like to come to dinner with me and my partner? Um, I'd love to get to know you. So they go to dinner together. And Gabby and her partner, um, who Alban, played by Jaleel Lesper, uh, who I mm. think is probably a French actor, yep, um, sort of befriend James and M and convince them the next day to leave the confines of the compound. They've convinced someone who works in the hotel to rent them his car for the day and they're going to go off on a joyride down the coast and have um, a barbecue on the beach, which they do. And while on the beach, uh, James goes off to have a little wee-wee behind some bushes. (laughs) And um, while he's doing the wee-wee, Mia Goth uh, sneaks up behind him and 
um, makes him have an have a have an experience. Oh. Forcibly, have, makes him have an experience using her hands, um, and it's all very weird and strange, and you don't quite understand what's going on. They get quite drunk. They decide to go back at the end of the day when it's gone dark. James has had the least to drink, so he agrees to drive. So Alexander Skarsgård is driving back. The headlights on the car stop working. He's pressing the button. They're flickering on and off. Suddenly they come on. There's somebody in front of the car. He hits them, kills them immediately. And oh. uh-oh, what do you do when you've killed a local person in the, in this in this place? Mia Goss starts screaming about how the police are awful and brutal and they'll rape and murder them. They need to leave immediately and they'll get the hotel to deal with it, etc., etc. Um, James and M sort of shell shocked agree to this, and they they hit and run basically. They abandon the body, drive back to the hotel. The next morning, James is awoken by knocking on the door. The police have arrived to take him in because they've immediately found out that he did this. And once he gets there, the police detective explains that in this country of Litolka, for foreign citizens, they have a particular way of dealing with these crimes. And I don't want to say what the way of dealing with the crime is, other than to say that it involves a science fiction thing that isn't real and couldn't happen in our world, but in this world mm. is presented as just something this country is able to do. And nice. exploring this thing leads James down a path of um, madness, uh, centred largely around Mia Goff's Gabby character, who becomes mm. increasingly unhinged. Uh, throughout the movie um, and yeah. as seen in brief shots in the trailer ends up w- waving guns around and screaming and just generally being incredible she's not in this movie as much as she's in Pearl but I think this might be my favourite Mia Goff performance because she is wow. absolutely bananas in it yeah um, wow. it's not it's not wall to wall body horror it's mm. got those shots in the film of those masks, but they actually turn out to just be like masks that you can buy in a souvenir shop in the hotel. They're okay. not like actual sort mm. of... It's got one sequence where they take hallucinogenic drugs and have an orgy and it, it all sorts of things appear on screen. Um, but outside of that, it's got some unpleasant violence and gore that you would find mm. difficult to sit through. But it's all in service of the characters and stuff. It's not sort of gratuitous in the way a slasher movie would be. Or at least I didn't feel it was. Um, but yeah, it's pretty wild <laughs> and, uh, sounds, sounds it. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really liked it. I was enjoying it quite a bit. And then in the last third, it just completely won me over and I went with it entirely. And it's sort of like, is the, it's exactly the kind of movie I enjoy, uh, of being like weird. a weird, weird, soft sci-fi, strange thing. Um, yeah, it was great. And wow. Skarsgård is good in it. Mia Goff is great in it and everyone else is, is also pretty good in it. And um, yeah, people should watch Infinity Pool if they can. It's 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 out it's out in cinemas in the UK at the moment, but not widely released. I'm sure it will pop up pretty shortly on various streaming sites and um, it's definitely worth your time and potentially money if you know nice. if you pay for films. So yeah. Infinity Pool. Watch it. Nice. Watch Infinity Pool. Um, and that is pretty much everything I have to talk about. Uh, I watched a Woody Harrelson movie called Champions, which was fine. Um, and I watched... Um, nah, oh, I watched I watched 65, that Adam Driver dinosaur film. Mm. Awful. And that's about it. Good. Yeah. What have you got? 
Not as much as you. That's okay. Like I said before, I watched uh, John Wick Chapter 3, which, you know, very uh, exciting. (coughs) And then I watched uh, a a Japanese film, uh, a Netflix, a Japanese film uh, on Netflix uh, called Komi Chihiro. And um, it's uh, the story of uh, Chihiro, who works at a small beachside bento shop bento are like lunch boxes oh. and it looks like an incredible lunch box place it makes uh, lunch boxes to order so they're not already being made and so they look delicious and they're seasonal and of course when it gets when it comes to japanese food and films i just love them and um but she hasn't always been. Uh, she she hasn't always worked in this bento shop. She before working here, she was a sex worker, and she was a very popular sex worker and very good at her job. And um, she's quite important in this in this city in this place that they're in because everybody that seems to meet her seem to be attracted by her and her ways of doing things in a very different way from anybody else. She's not married. She hasn't got kids. She used to be a sex worker and she's very free and she, she, she emanates freedom Mm. and the people she attracts seem to have interesting and complicated and bad family situations that are not addressed. And she seems to, be able with her with her presence she seems to be able to attract these people and create a formal community that these people don't have and it's just that really it's just a slice of life film about this town uh, by the beach and it's of course wonderful um (laughs) and um but i think it could have i think it just there's this obsession now to have long films. I don't know, because it's two hours and ten minutes. Oh, wow. That is quite long for a sort of a slice of life. And by the end, I was just like, it's time to finish. Because I, there, there there are moments where it's like it could have just... It could have been an hour and a half and it would have been absolutely perfect. Yeah. But unfortunately, it had to have that extra half hour and you could feel it towards the end, extra half hour. It just... It just prolonged it so i i I really liked it of course because you know i I like these kind of movies i like this kind of cinema but um it was just too long i just don't like being exhausted by the end of a film (laughs) um the only person that i knew from the film is kazumi arimura who does the voice of mani in the ghibli film uh when mani was here okay but uh, it's it's available. It's on Netflix. It's a nice film. You can see Japanese food. You can see niceness. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I started watching Abbott's Elementary, uh, season two Abbott's Elementary. Oh, nice. And I was, and I, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm loving it. The characters are like getting a little bit more rounded. You kind of, uh, under, you know, you, you like them more. You are, uh, really fond of them. And then, and then I watched the last episode of season two and I was like, oh, what a weird way to finish a season. <clears throat> Why does the school explode or something? No, it just just they, they finished the season in a club. But it's not the end of the season. <laughs> There's another 10 episodes. Oh. But Disney Plus in Italy has decided to just give me 10 episodes. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And I found out this morning and I was like, oh, 
it's not finished. Yeah, because people love like, the second I, season. I, I exactly, and I was just like, how how do people love this more than the first one? It, it, yeah, the characters are like I said before more well rounded, and you you love them more. But and then you find I found out that one of the characters, uh, uh, Melissa Shimenti, which is uh, the I think the third grade teacher, is Lisa Ann Water, who was in um, the Parent Trap. Oh really? She's the nanny in the Parent Trap. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. So I was just like, what? And so I like it even more now. And I was like, how do people like this? And so Disney Plus has wronged me in Italy. Well, in the UK sure. as well. There's oh. only 10 episodes. They must be putting it out in two parts for some reason. But it's already out in the US. No, I know. I, I'm, not def- just, I'm not defending it. It's stupid. But yeah, there's only, there's only just, 10 episodes available for me. It's just so disappointing. But uh, I liked the first half. But today I was going to come on and be like, oh, you know, um, I can't believe, you know, everybody really... Like, I, I think the first season show won some awards, cause, but never mind. Um, but then I watched another season, and it's definitely... I watched all the episodes. Um, and it's uh, it's on Amazon Prime. And I watched this season... I watched, I watched Swarm. Oh, did you? Yeah, created and written and directed some episodes by uh, Jenny Neighbours and my favourite, Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I saw it on Amazon Prime. I saw some TikToks talking about it, but I kind of, I tried to like scroll away because I don't want any spoilers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I watched, uh, I went to Amazon Prime, found it. And the first episode, I was like, this feels familiar. This weirdness kind of like uneasiness of everything this kind of style and i wasn't sure why it felt so familiar and then i found out that donna glover was involved i was like that's why it's kind of like atlanta but crazier right more uneasy so i didn't realize this was like donna glover's um project Mm. and uh it's um it's a series that follows uh dre She's obsessed with this uh, pop star called Naja and her tickets are super expensive. And um, she um, she's part of this fan base called The Swarm. So, you know, the, if you're Beyonce or The Beehives. And, the Beehives. Um, the, be- the Beehives. And um, it's just her uh, being against everybody that doesn't like uh, the pop star Naja um, and her spending lots of money to see her and um, and it's beautiful to watch like the cin- cinematography is incredible like it looks like an old school it's really the soundtrack is really good it's got incredible aesthetics the, um, the what I've seen of like the poster and the title card yeah. remind me of like Jallo cinema like really yeah, bright it, bold colours and yeah, reds and things. yeah yeah um and um it's uh the evolution of the character of Dre, the she's she's basically just the main character that goes through the throughout the series, and she meets people along the way, is incredible. Like um, the actress Dominique Fish uh, Fishback Fishback is amazing, mm. and the way she portrays Dre is insane, and it's amazing. Um, and I I I love that by the end of the season, 
you 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 are so detached from the first episode that you kind of like feeling that you're watching something different but kind of connected right. it just it's such a weird and mesmerizing show and I, I was addicted to it and it's i think amazing but you know i'm i love what donald glover does and um it explores the kind of so that every episode starts with this is not um this is not a work of fiction anything that uh you think is re- real it is um and with this he what well, the the creators kind of put you in a sense of like are you watching something that is real is it based on a real story yes. what is happening and then there's one episode that by the end of it you go is it real is it and it's so interesting because it's kind of mind bending in a way and um and uh it kind of wants to expose the kind of the toxic fandom mm. behind all of these people and you know the death threats that people get when they maybe criticize uh, an artist but also um the trolls that um kind of fumigate you know that that start these kind of like um you know, start trends that like, you know, hate the beehives and whatever. And um, in the last episode, I was so... The last episode kind of stayed with me because it was just kind of like, oh. And um, I think you should watch it, George. I think oh, you might on, like it. It's on my it. list to watch. I, I do want to watch it. It's strange enough for <clears throat> you to enjoy, but it's also quite... There's so much reality that he they the creators put in uh-huh. that you kind of you kind of like ah oh, you just feel you start feeling a little bit differently about things as well yeah. and um and it's it's fascinating and really beautiful to watch that's uh yeah and um does it also feature a performance by a real life pop star maybe so it features some performances by uh Paris Jackson not a real life pop star no but she could be. And then features a performance by uh, Billie That's Eilish, which is her for. acting debut. Absolutely loved her in it. Good. And Paris Jackson was wonderful as well. Okay. Um, and uh, she's great in it. And whatever her episode does is insane. Yeah. And uh, who else? There's a few more, but you know, like the the episode with Billie Eilish was the one that you know everybody were like, "Oh, spill it!" Went like, "Frick, yeah!" And that now um, makes a little bit more sense as to why she brought Donald Glover out on stage at a recent show, right? Oh, is that why? Well, I don't know if it is why, but I was I when it happened, I was like, oh, "I wonder why those t- they they haven't worked yeah. together in the past, but they have. They've worked together on yeah. Swarm. They have, yeah. and and it's 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 a." great show and i i love donald glover and and you know the collaboration with jenny neighbors who also wrote uh, some episodes in atlanta in this other show mm-hmm. i think it's a great collaboration and um they they're talking about season two but i don't think it needs anything else yeah. it'd be nice if there was something Do you mean people are talking like about this? season two or is donald glover talking yeah. about season two no, I just read like stuff like I don't think Donald Glover is talking, but maybe you yeah. know there's rumors. But if they come back, I hope they come back with something completely different. They should do like, a second like to... season that is Kanye. They should do a Kanye season. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll be cool. Did you see his Kanye's comeback? He's not anti-Semitic yeah. anymore. 
because yeah. he watched a, a film with Jonah Hill in it, which is, again, not good. <laughs> not the right thing to say, can you? I don't understand. Just a terrible man, I, I think. I don't understand what what's like, oh, he needs to go back on the meds or something. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like, cause he's, he's like, this is definitely somebody that is having issues. Yeah. Like, you know, this is not somebody that is, this is somebody that needs great counselling. Yeah, but, you know, as um, I've read from, you know, I've read a fair amount of people who have similar mental um, health challenges have written things about how, like, you can't just excuse anti-Semitism and racism and stuff. Absolutely not. Through but the lens of mental I need health. him to, we need him to stop and get some help. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't I know if there's a path back to being, like, an actual person for him. Um, but yeah, Swarm, watch it. Um, it's great. Uh, I I love it. I love I love what is it about. I love the style. I love the the social commentary. I think it's great. And you know, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of blood. Blood. Yeah. You don't like blood. No. I don't like blood. Um, and that's really it for me because uh, I haven't, uh, yeah, I I live through you, through your films and through you cine world, your Cineworld card. Oh, I listened, I listened to um, Endless Summer Vacation more and I've absolutely loved it. <laughs> Last week, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't sure about it and now I'm like, bloody brilliant. Well done, Miley. Okay, well... I need to listen to it then. I've I've not um what have I been listening to recently? Nothing to talk about really. Oh Ed Sheeran put out the first single from his album with Aaron Desner from the National. And I think yeah. we're gonna be okay because it just sounds like an Ed Sheeran song, so I think I can ignore yeah. that music. Yeah, yeah. great. Well Good. Done. It's it, it's bad <laughs> is what is it's terrible. Um yeah. Okay, yeah. shall we do a little bit of my tube? Absolutely. Good. you watch a trailer for a thing we've already talked about because i really want to know what you think of the of it based on the trailer so okay what are we looking at so george is showing me rye lane official trailer yeah. <clears throat> so you're going to show me the trailer of the film that i'm definitely going to watch yes is that okay that is absolutely fine good because uh, I did have to... Because here's the thing. This is why I want to show you this trailer, actually. I um saw this trailer 68 times, I think. 
in the cinema. What? The, they, this trailer was on before. Uh, this, I wasn't like, it wasn't voluntary. No, it was on before every film. And I thought it looked okay. pretty rubbish, if I'm being honest. Like the trailer did not mm. sell me on the film. The reviews sold me on giving it a shot and I'm glad I did. But the trailer, I remember watching it over and over again and being like, this just looks a little bit unbearable. So, based on the fact that I, I think you will like it, let's see what you think, what the trailer does. Oh. So they're in the bathroom. Lots of stuff happening in the bathroom. Oh, oh, the pink now? converse. Do you want to have a private moment? <laughs> it's not that private, though. <laughs> oh. The art gallery. It's all just pictures of teeth. Yes. You see in the trainers. Doing? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh, I like the colours. Yeah. It looks very colourful and very right. London. And they film those yeah. close-ups in the way that Peep Show did. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, I was reading, and it, it works. I'm going to meet my ex for the first time since the breakup. Oh, okay. And you're still calling it the breakup. The breakup. You're better than fun. We moved in together. We had Hamilton tickets. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> if you have Hamilton tickets, then... So, oh. what happened? She cheated on me with my best friend. Oh, my God. You that's the worst. You cheated on Bob with him. Oh, that hurts a little bit. I mean, I get it. The arms are nice, but what do you even talk about? Are you just going to sit there and say that to me? Well, she said my arms are nice. Oh, it does look lovely, even. Yeah, it's just a nice. You know, I don't have a particular affection for South London, but they've really made the locations look. Oh, that underwear looks like this. Seriously, delightful to walk in. Yeah. The worst part, I left my favourite record at his place. Oh, so they have to go and get the record. Yeah. And I'll buy you a new copy. But I don't want a new copy. Oh, my copy. There's quite yeah. good, like, big fish eye. Kind yeah, of like the, the director is great. Like she's done such a good. Mm. Job. It feels really energetic, mm. and alive, really energetic and alive all the way through the film. Mm. Yeah. What the hell do you think you're doing? No, I wasn't. Tenez. Um, <laughs> uh, I just caught this boy going through your knicker drawer. What have you done? <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really colourful. I like yeah, that. Yeah, colourful and in, yeah. Just Go where the breeze takes you. And this kind of all happens in one day. Yeah, said. all of this pretty much entirely. It, it kind of skips ahead at near the end to like a future date, yeah. but um, it's okay. mostly most. The, way, the primary action takes place on a week ago. Mm, no, I didn't. Swipe you. Give me your phone. Or anybody now. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, I would. Watch yeah. It. Whereas I, you know, I did find it a bit. Can, can you kind of see why I wasn't keen? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I I uh, I think people should check it out. It's very very good. Um, got got room for some more trailer? Yes. You might have seen this trailer because it's your kind of thing. So let me know. Oh, what is my kind of we'll thing, see. George? My beef. Beef. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely not my kind no, of thing. Not, I haven't eaten beef in bloody I didn't years. Mean the name of the movie. <laughs> so you haven't seen this trailer. I have not okay, seen this trailer think, or eaten beef. I think you'll be keen on this movie once you see. It's not referring okay. to the meat. Okay. Is it beef like like people that don't like yeah, each like other? Yeah, like I've got beef. beef with you, you absolute piece. Have you? Um, Cheech. Sorry. Uh, shall we go? <laughs> cool. Yeah. This is beef. Beef. Oh, it's Netflix, so I can watch it. <gasps> oh! Ali Wong. It's out. Oh, the trailer's out. I've only seen pictures about uh, it. Okay. We've got Smashing Pumpkin song playing. Stephen Yoon's here. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Ali Wong is incredible. Love. Oh. 
So they meet because of an accident. Yeah. And uh-oh. That's uncalled for. Yeah, Ali, you're so rude. It's another it's A24 film. It's an A24 film. movie. Wow. Which they're doing movies it. with Netflix more now. It's interesting. Wonderful. Oh, no. I have a very full life that I'd love to get back to. I'm going to find you and take what little you have. <laughs> so she's quite a vengeful woman. Yeah, but I think Sally. he's a vengeful guy as well. Like, I think they're, they're okay. both just wrecking each other's life. stuff. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm into it. You have this serene Zen Buddhist thing going on. I really like Stephen Yeun yes, as well. He's, he's wonderful. Is, is he burning her car? Uh, who knows what he's doing? Oh my god. This film looks mental. Yep. I just can't understand what those people are so angry about. Oh, somebody peed on her carpet. Why she got a gun? She's got a gun and she's gonna kill somebody. Yep, maybe. Uh, it all just gets out of hand, doesn't it? I <laughs> saw this. His face is like messed up. Oh, I think this might be good. I hope it is. Yeah, because there's a lot of like uncalled for violence. <laughs> she just wrapped herself in a Louis Vuitton body bag. Like, I like Ali Wong a lot, but she's usually does. This seems like the most far from comedy she's done yes. before, right? But I think it might be funny. Yeah, I think it will be. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Oh, on six of April, like that's next week. Yeah, it's out pretty soon, that is so, so we can exciting. talk about it more fully at some point. Um. Are you ready for another another trailer that I think you'll be potentially always, into? Always. I'm always ready for trailers. I don't know. I read that Ali Wong is divorcing her husband. Oh, really? And the only reason I'm upset, if she is, it's just because I love her comedy shows and her husband is always part of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she talks about him and I'm like, oh, you know, I just kind of sad that, you know, it didn't yeah. work out. I'm sure, I'm sure there are, like, their reasons, but I'm just like, oh, Ali... I hope yeah, she's okay. She's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Hopefully she's okay. So this next film is another. It, it's 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 interesting. I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but it everything everywhere all at once won a lot of Oscars a couple of weeks ago, yeah. which I don't think we've mentioned yet. And it's great to see. And it's obviously not a direct result of that, but it's all part of the increasing. Um, representation of uh, Asian I know. actors and Asian American Wonderful. actors in Hollywood cinema. Yeah. Um, and not white which, people um, <laughs> doing Asian actors. Well, yeah, that as well. But also, you know, where it's not necessarily... Like that beef film, it's not about the fact that, that you no. know, like Crazy Rich Asians was one of the first big sort of recent films that really upped representation. But that movie was like entirely about the fact that they were Asian, yeah. which is fine. Celebrate Asian culture. Yeah. But it's nice to see films like Beef where... It's it's not hmm. important to the plot of the film. It's just those are the actors that were picked for those roles because they're they were they were good people and they're available. Anyway, this is another movie that is um has got a lot of Asian representation and looks like it should be potentially fun, potentially irritating. You can tell me. Okay. This one looks like this one looks like less of a sure thing, but it's got some 
good performers in it. Um, give me a moment. I'll give you two moments. One, two, done. Have you seen this trailer? Okay, so Joyride, no, and is a okay. red band trailer. Hashley Park, Sherry Cola. Ah, Stephanie Hsu. Stephanie Hsu from oh, Everything Everywhere All the yes. Time. Yes. At once, Everything Everywhere All at once. Yes, which people um, say she should have won the Oscar for Best Supporting I Actress. absolutely love Jamie Lee Curtis, but Stephanie Hsu put in a better performance in that movie. Mm. But it sure. was politics, wasn't it? Because Jamie Lee Curtis is no... Well, I don't. Well, she's not won an Oscar before, and she's an amazing. Yeah, you know, she's incredible, and she's given lots of great performances over the yeah. years. And she absolutely deserves to have a statuette on her mantelpiece. And she's announced that she's given it they them pronouns, and she's put it next to the book plug award from the movie on her mantelpiece. And she's a great, incredible woman. She's amazing, and no shade on her for a second no, for winning. But but Stephanie Hsu is unbeatably good in that film. So you know, she got nominated very early in her career. Yeah. And but I'm sure she'll she, have more I hope, I hope she will get nominated again. Yes. She won't for this movie, but it's fine. Okay. Are you ready to watch this trailer? Yes. Okay. Is it going to be super dirty? Like one of those, like. Hi, you guys must be new to town, right? New to town, but not new to the country. We just moved from California. Oh, we just wondered uh, if, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind if your, your daughter played with our daughter. Audrey, say hi. Okay. That was funny because like a white couple <laughs> t- talking to an Asian couple just going like, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're not new of this country. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, not nice. This tiny girl said the worst word ever. Oh, okay. So they've grown up and the white parents have an adoptive daughter who's from China. Yeah. So she's going to look for her birth mother. Okay. <laughs> she said something. She said something really rude in Chinese because she probably can't. Oh. Okay. Oh, Seth Rogen. So it might be good. Might be not good. Might be terrible. Yes. It's going to be really, really silly, isn't it? Definitely. It's the cops are doing a back check. You're drug dealers now, bitches! Oh, no. Oh, no. What are they going to do? Is she going to... Are they going to take all the drugs? Oh, no. That, that is... That is too many drugs to take. Yes, it is. Yeah. How do you know who you are? Oh, so maybe a little bit deeper is might be silly, but also deep about where you come from and where you could be. Could have a lot going on. Yeah. K-pop stars. Everyone remember their K-pop stars. Lisa. What? Okay. Yeah, but only seven, and I think I put an eight. Just push, pull. I mean, twist it. It's not a puppet. It's my asshole. <laughs> push, pull. <laughs> I think that was much ruder than the other trailer I've seen. That was pretty rude. <laughs> that was good. Um, oh, I think it could be okay. <laughs> Looks like a lot. 
Yeah, I think I would definitely would like to watch with you because I think we might feed <laughs> off each other's energy and go, yeah, okay, maybe. this is funny, this is not. Absolutely. We haven't watched agreed. a film together in such a long time. Well, maybe this summer we could watch a film together. Okay, I've got one final thing. Have you ever listened to the musician Caroline Polachek? Sounds familiar. She's but... a pop singer. She just put out an album um, recently that I think you might like. Mm. The opening, the album is called Desire, I Want to Turn Into You. And the opening song is called Desire. I, no, I think the opening song is called Welcome to My Island. <laughs> Sounds all very sexual, doesn't it? Welcome to My Island. <laughs> Welcome to My Island. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> the she, trees have been trimmed. <laughs> she is... Um, <laughs> this album took a long time to come. There's a song... There's a song in this album that was named the fir- the best song of the year by Pitchfork. Like two like years well, okay. Like two years ago. Um yeah. it's called Bunny is a Rider. Have you ever heard that song? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a good song man. Um Does she do it on purpose? Yeah, yeah, I think she's doing it on purpose. Anyway, I think you'll like her. I think you should watch this music video, and then I think you'll want to listen to the album. I okay. I listened to the album a couple of times, and I was like, mm, and then I've listened to it like again and again for about two or three months, and it's really, really working for me now. Mm-hmm. And then she recently turned up on my favorite chat show host, your favorite chat show host, Jimmy Fallon, and performed "Welcome to My Island." So, do you like him a little bit more now? No, I hate him. I was being sarcastic. Oh. This is the thing again. You can't tell when I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Um, just because you've got a deadpan voice <sighs> there's no emotion behind his eyes <laughs> I'm Italian and I'm going to go like hey! but you're like please can we you watch? know when I'm angry please please, could I just show you this oh, fine I was trying to be British but it just sounded like I was being bored annoying Yeah. Um, bored British like I just like oh my god okay sometimes I don't know what's happening this is Welcome to My Island by Caroline Polachek let me know what you think <laughs> Caroline Polachek. Oh, I listened to this album. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I really liked it. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, because she's she's been around for years, and I thought this was her like one of her first albums. No, she's been on for ages. And I listened to that album the other day, and I really liked it. But this performance is great. Ah, you can see her back. Yeah. And she's got, ah, I thought they were scars, but they're like, oh, wow, that voice. You just like weird things, don't you? I do. I do like weird things. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just there by herself and she's like, this best performance ever, just because she's being weird and she looks like a spider. And the song's good. That's me. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 in a good way. Like, you know, the like daddy long legs. Oh, <laughs> oh like, a, like a good spider to look like, like a daddy long legs. Yeah. yeah. Is that not a spider, daddy long legs? Yeah, it is. Well, is it? Does it have eight legs? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, yeah, I forgot I listened to this album. And I liked it. Have you heard of any other things that she's made? Um, no. But I know she's been around for a while. Yeah. Daddy, Daddy Longlegs is a spider, just to clear that up. So Good. Yeah. Um, it, well, although, actually, I will show you one of her short videos she's made after this one that I think you'll enjoy as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. But is that is is just all she's gonna do in the back in the black background and dance? Well, not entirely. Oh, there's some strobes. They didn't say be careful. True. Are you okay? I'm fine. Are you okay? I'm okay. What 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 do you like about this performance? Um. Well, I like that it's she's just on her own with the black background. I think it's a very in in arresting visual. Her dancing is strange. I think the song <laughs> is brilliant, and. Um, And I like that bit where she, look at that dance she does. And I like the bit where she she lets her voice uh, soar. This one. Yeah. Oh, she's doing the Adams, the Wednesday Adams dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting performance, and the the song is it's good. It's yeah, a, it's a good song. And in a minute, she she plays a, an instrument in a moment. Oh. Which is always nice. What instrument is she gonna play? A guitar. She's gonna play a guitar. Oh, I was, I was thinking like a more like like the kazoo or something. No, just a guitar, but it's good. Um, I'm gonna get the next video ready. It's much shorter, but you'll like it. She just she just looks spirited. You just uh, what we're going to talk about next week about the films you made me watch for homework. Oh yeah. And you just like you just like weird stuff. Yeah, I do. But there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely not. Can I go in ham on the guitar? It's great. Ham. Ham. Ham sandwich. Yeah, she's making a ham sandwich out of that guitar. And people should listen to the whole album. Desire, I Want to Turn Into You. It's great. Um, yeah, it's a real grower. A bit like that Miley album, which I should listen to more yeah. of. Yeah. Um, no, I like this album, but I, I forgot about it when I started listening to other things. Potential. By the way, lovely stuff. When, is the, when is Boy Genius album coming out? Next Friday. Okay. Yes. Oh, so... Caroline Polacek has screaming at geese. <laughs> Those are not geese. Those are swans. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, no. Those are geese. And she's in public with other people. Yep. Oh my. Oh. And they're all running away from her because she's weird. It's pretty weird, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was Wonderful. a there was about a week where my brother sent me that video every day. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't watch it all week until the like the seventh time he sent it me. <laughs> and I watched it. Uh, she's great. Caroline Polchek is great. People should listen to her. And uh, the Boy Genius album, you'll hear discussion of plenty soon. Yeah, sure. exciting. Yeah, really excited about that album. Did you hear their fourth song they put out from it? Yes, I did. Very good. Yeah, I liked um, it. And the first much. one that really feels like all of them, all three of them working yeah. together fully. Uh, did you see the music video for it? No. Oh, I mean, we've run pretty long, but it's it's very, yeah. very good. You should watch it. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, recommendations. What should people watch? I'm going to say people should watch Pearl. Yes. And 80 for Brady. Uh, okay. Pearl and Shrinking. I really like Shrinking. It's so good. Nice. Um, Harrison Ford. Oh, come on. What do you think people should watch? People should definitely watch uh, Swarm. Swarm. Yes. Is that your only, only recommendation this week? Yes. Okay, Swarm. Swarm it is. Uh, that's great. Well, that was episode 98 of the Culture Book Podcast. As we said up, stop, please, up top, please rate and review us on all your different bloody places you can. Uh, we really like you a lot. And um, I reckon that next week is our 99th episode and you'll be hearing us uh, sum up the homework we set each other for um, our Culture Book of Our Lives series we recently did. So I have watched, um, in order of release, Sleepless in Seattle, mm-hmm. City of God, Summer Wars and The Farewell. And you have watched... Heat? Heat, yeah. Mulholland Drive. Yes. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yes. And you've had... Bait. S- bait, hopefully. Yes. Because uh, it's a bit bait, trickier hopefully. to find outside the UK, but um, yes. hopefully you can you can watch Bait. So that'd be good. And uh, then after that, it's the big 100. And we're <gasps> going to... Yeah, 100, 100 episodes. And we're going to be celebrating by taking a little look back at some of our earlier lists and seeing if they need to be updated um, in the two years since we started doing it. Or two more, one, two years. Three yes. years almost. So, yeah. So uh, that'll be fun to celebrate 100 episodes. And then you can expect reviews, uh, in-depth reviews of The Last of Us coming up soon as well. And, uh, you know, lots of other fun, exciting things. But that's all that we've got for you today. Thank you so much. Um, please yeah, do rate and reviews etc etc and uh, we'll see you next time love you so much thank you bye, bye. 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 bye.